Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to part three of our talk on pancreatic tumors. And today I'm going to start off looking at cystic pancreatic lesions. And I'm sure your practice is like ours. One of the most common things we see these days are incidental pancreatic cystic lesions. Now, these are typically the ones that are in the one to two centimeter or even three centimeter range. But let's talk about cystic tumors in general. There's a wide differential diagnosis. There are true pancreatic cysts, which are uncommon. We see those in patients with von Hippel-Lindau disease. Pseudocysts are very common, patients with pancreatitis. They range in size from centimeter to sometimes 20 plus centimeters. We talk about serous microcystic adenomas and mucinous cystic tumors, mucinous being malignant, the serous being benign. We talk about introductal papillary mucinous neoplasms, the so-called IPMN about a 10% incidence of superimposed malignancy. These are the common ones we see these days. These are the ones we're often following. I showed you an example a few moments ago of a cystic islet cell tumor. These are typically non-functioning islet cell tumors and are often large. And finally, Hamudi tumors, or known as SPEN, solid and papillary epithelial neoplasms. And those are the key cystic lesions we do talk about. Now, in looking at the cystic lesions and trying to give a differential diagnosis, we look at a number of things. Obviously, patient age is critical. The most common thing for uh, spend tumors or hamuti tumors is a young age. It's a teenager. We look at history. Obviously, a patient with known pancreatitis with the cystic lesion most likely has a pseudocyst. But let's get past the ones where we have these really good, uh, helpful points. What about just a routine cystic lesion? incidental finding maybe, or some vague abdominal pain. Well, we look at lesion size. We look at the wall. Is the wall thick versus thin? If it's thick and it's nodular, we think of tumor. Is it enhancing or not? Things that enhance are often worrisome to us. Is there calcification in the cyst wall? Well, an old hematoma can calcify with a cystic wall. Uh, cystic tumors rarely have rim calcification, but they may. And then we look at location, sometimes location. Uncinate process, tail of pancreas is the most common location for IPMNs. We look at several other points, septations. Thicker septations and mucinous tumors. We talk about the size of septations. Malignant tumors tend to have thicker septations. Starburst calcification or sunburst calcification. Uh, we're often thinking about cirrhosis adenomas. And again, lesion enhancement with nodularity is typically a bad sign and they were thinking about malignancy. We also look at these cystic lesions, whether or not the pancreatic duct is involved. With IPMNs, the duct is nearly always involved. It's dilated either focally or in the entire gland. Often the IPMNs communicate with the pancreatic duct and we talk about central IPMNs and side branch IPMNs. Other lesions like serous cystadenomas, for example, essentially never communicate with the duct and do not obstruct the duct, and that's one of the key findings we see with them. So let's speak about these serous cystic tumors first. They're benign. They're more common in females by about 2 to 1. They're usually detected in older patients, seventh decade of life. They can be seen more frequently in von Hippel-Lindau disease. Usually, the cystic component is usually under 2 centimeters, but may t contain a central scar, which is often calcified. These lesions contain glycogen, but have no mucin. They're absolutely benign. They cannot become malignant. Here's a typical example of one. Cystic lesions, septations, well-defined, no dilated common duct or pancreatic duct, 
vessels are displaced and not invaded. Here's another one. This is a more complicated one because if you look at it, it's cystic, there's septations. When you follow it from the uh, axial plane to the coronal plane, you recognize that this lesion kind of infiltrates and fits in between structures. It pushes on structures like the portal vein, scallops the portal vein, has areas of calcification. You can see in the 3D really nicely showing you the compression of portal vein and especially the SMV. It's not like it's invaded, but it's more like it's surrounded. So this is a very typical appearance of a serous cystadenoma. I mentioned these can have calcification. Here's a nice example. Cystic lesion, septations, uh, multiple calcifications. The calcifications in this case are indeed very dense. They're very much punctate calcifications. And here's just another example, same patient within 3D imaging. So again, serous tumors will not uncommonly have calcifications, and this can be very helpful in making the diagnosis. Now, not all of them have calcifications, as in this case, and not all of them will have the issue with a lack of enhancement. Certain times, serous tumors, as in the following case, can enhance. And this is an interesting one. The duct is mildly dilated. We follow this case down, and you see a large mass in the head of the pancreas. The mass is not really cystic. It has some enhancement around the rim. There's a central punctate calcification, and when you go from the axial images to coronal, you really see how vessels are not so much invaded, but displaced. This is a large mass in the pancreatic head. So you gotta think about it, what is it? It doesn't look like adenocarcinoma. It doesn't look like a microcystic tumor as we typically think about it, because look how the wall is enhancing this prominent vessels around the edge, but it's not a mucinous tumor because it's not invasive. Um, what could it be? IPMN is not gonna have that vascularity. This is a very, very unusual case, and this ended up being a serous cystadenoma. It was a benign lesion, but there are features of this lesion, particularly the peripheral enhancement, that bother me, and I would not really be able to comfortably blow it off and surely say it's just a simple lesion, and this was resected, it was a serous cystadenoma. You can see in this case, the SMA and hepatic artery are nicely displaced by the mass. You can see in this image, which is the portal phase, portal phase is slightly impressed, but there's no invasion present. Very nice example of a serous tumor, atypical appearance. So again, here's just two more images from that same patient. I think often a very difficult diagnosis in select cases like this one. Now, when you talk about unusual tumors that are cystic, we talk about the solid and papillary epithelial neoplasm. It's rare. It's called SPEN, S-P-E-N under 1% of pancreatic masses, more commonly in women, typically younger women with a mean age of 24 years, their low-grade malignancies and are typically cured after resection, and the most common within the tail of the pancreas. They may contain calcification, the walls are cystic and contain septations, and so the lesion is probably not totally cystic, but cystic and solid. And what really helps you is the age, because short of a pseudocyst from someone drinking too much, and short of a pancreatic coblastoma in a two-year-old, there aren't many lesions that are pancreatic in a 24 or 25-year-old female. 
And here's just some examples. Nice, well-defined cystic lesion body of the pancreas. You can see from the axial image to the sagittal image to the 3D image. It looks like a cystic lesion with a nodule present. Very, very classic appearance. There aren't much of a differential. Well, maybe I should say there isn't much of a differential for a cystic lesion in the body of the pancreas in a 26-year-old. The classic thing is a cystic pancreatic neoplasm representing Hamoudi tumor. So that's two of the lesions, and we'll come back to some others in a little bit. Let me make a couple comments about duct dilatation. We always look for duct dilatation, both pancreatic and common duct dilatation, in patients with uh, pancreatic cancer or suspected pancreatic cancer. We're often looking for transitions, as in this case, with a double duct sign and a pancreatic tumor. Now, one of the things I commented on that's unusual but true is that in most cystic serous tumors, there's no pancreatic or common duct dilatation despite the lesion size. You're not going to see encasement like you see here. So that's a very important factor. Now, with IPMNs, you will see duct dilatation. One of the points about 3D imaging and I mentioned that I would try to focus on some 3D in this talk, is the importance of using the reconstructed images for looking at ductal structures. Here's a nice example of a common duct being dilated. You can see it dilates straight down to the level of the ampulla. Very nice visualization. There's a very sharp cutoff at the level of the ampulla. When you look carefully at this case, this was not a carcinoma of the pancreas. It was actually a carcinoma of the ampulla. You can see in this coronal display the enhancing lesion at the ampulla. And this was an unusual case. This was a gastrinoma. But look how beautifully it shows in 3D. So that's one point. We know it wasn't a pancreatic cancer because we could follow the transition and the mass wasn't in the pancreas. Same thing in this example. Patient with jaundice, older patient, you're thinking pancreatic cancer. But when you look at the coronals carefully, there are filling defects in the duct and there's irregularity of the distal common duct. This patient has evidence of stones in the common duct and has a stricture distally because of the stones. So it's very important. This patient would get an ERCP. The stone would be removed. This patient doesn't have cancer. Now, it's easy in the coronal display to visualize those stones and transition zones. Stones may be harder to see in the axial images because you need to really catch the image correctly where you see the stone. And it may be one slide apart where one you see dilated duct and one you see the crescent and the stone. So indeed, if you're looking at axles, you better be careful looking for transitions. You don't want to assume something's a pancreatic cancer when it's a common duct stone or even a stricture. So indeed, you want to look very carefully. And it's not as easy as you think because look at this example, dilated common duct. When you look carefully axial coronal, you do begin to see a filling defect within the common duct. And we can look at it on additional 3D maps. And you do see the patient's uh, stones in the common duct, the uh, abnormality, but normal uh, looking pancreas. So the pancreas is not the issue. And when you look at the, the uh, common duct in multiple perspectives, you see multiple stones present. So again, the point I want to make is you need to follow transitions. The same thing with the patient's pancreatic duct. 
I mentioned about IPMNs, but here's a pancreatic duct. We often talk about a smooth duct in a patient with acute obstruction like carcinoma. We talk about irregular ducts like this one in a patient with repeated episodes of insult to the pancreas like pancreatitis. We can take that image and go from 3D duct display along a curved planar pathway and do it sort of like an ERCP or MRCP type appearance. So again, very, very good to do that. Why do I make this point? Let's look at uh, this next case. What you see here is the pancreatic duct is dilated, but there's a sharp cutoff in the body. When you look very carefully, the patient has a small pancreatic tumor. It's only a bit over a centimeter, but it's critically located, and we saw it because we saw the pancreatic duct, and we saw the rapid cutoff. Now, this tumor may be small, but it involved the GDA, but is resectable. Or in this case, low-density mass, pancreatic head, pancreatic carcinoma. When you look at these images, you see the pancreatic duct was dilated, the common duct was dilated, and when you follow the common duct downward, it came into the mass within the pancreatic head. So again, ducts become very, very important to show us transitions where sites of obstruction are. Now, I mentioned before, one of the classic lesions that really has duct dilatation is the intraductal mucinous papillary neoplasm. Sometimes it simply distends and dilates the entire duct. Other times it's side branches of the duct, but it's very, very critical in this area. And why don't we do this? Since that talk takes a little bit of time, let's stop here and we'll pick it up with IPMNs next time. Thanks very much and have a great day.